0: Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to another episode of Tree Talking Time. Just kind of want to throw a little disclaimer in here. There is a little bit of foul language. I try to keep everything family-friendly normally. I did not give my guest that heads up so it's not his fault in any way but just wanted to be completely transparent if you're listening with your kids or whatever and you're a little bit of a little bit of language it's not horrendous it's not throughout the entire thing it's just a couple times but just wanted to let everybody know so otherwise i hope you guys enjoy this one i had a great time getting to sit down with daryl and and actually meet him so i really appreciate him take him and his family taking the time to let me come and visit and had a great visit with them. So enjoy.
1: I don't know where to begin again <laughs> now.
0: Now um, I understand. And uh, uh
1: we'll just start off
0: with in an introduction. How about that?
1: Yeah, I'm daryl Fry and uh you know, we're here my son lives in Pennsylvania and I'm here visiting <laughs> him. So
0: Yep. Which was just a crazy turn of events. I, I called you up to see if you want to do a podcast and then you're like yeah i'm traveling when i get back home i can probably do it i'm like all right great i'm like well by chance are you going to visit your son in pennsylvania and you're like well that's <laughs> where i'm headed so
1: yeah well i at the time i just wasn't thinking about well about you being here and mm-hmm. uh, uh being close enough that uh, we could do this but uh it's good i, I you know I, I was looking forward to meeting you someday yeah. anyway you know and so anyway here here we are
0: <laughs> yep and unfortunately we we're probably 20 minutes into a podcast and had a, some sort of technical glitch so here we're starting over again so uh, i apologize
1: yeah uh, well yeah and you know i just uh mentioned that you know i, I started out hunting hunting bear in my uh my dad's bee yards yeah. uh i my brother cut her teeth uh cut catching bear uh the tearing up yep. beehives and uh and uh kind of went from there uh and anyhow that uh well he he had dogs too he mm-hmm. he bear and lion, lion hunted uh uh until he started a family and mm-hmm. uh you know i was always thrilled ab- about that i've, I've always uh you know wanted to be a lion hunter okay and uh uh you know especially uh i think i was around 12 i read steve's article uh that they wrote brave was my dog mm-hmm. originally in outdoor life and okay in 1962 and uh, and i just thought oh man that that guy you know he's a boyhood hero of mine yeah and uh, I thought, holy mackerel what a what a way life to live you know
0: how old were you when you read that twelve okay, yeah
1: yeah <laughs> anyway uh uh and and I was you know it it made my adrenaline mm-hmm. uh rush not only then but most of the time when my dad would talk about hunting lions and bear. and uh so He he hunted more bear than anything. So anyway, uh, but but he he got rid of his hounds when he got a family and Mm -hmm. and uh, all uh, us kids. But uh, shortly or about that time, you know, I I worked for an uncle of mine and uh, made enough money to buy a hound from a a red bone hound from a a local guy. Anyway, Mm -hmm. and uh, and that started me down the road to ruin
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly but hey it's been a a pretty good road hasn't it yeah it has yeah you know you're one of the few people that's actually been able to make a living you know following dogs and and hunting for a career yeah
1: and you know uh uh, especially you know most people don't get to do something they love you know exactly Uh, and uh and i i did plus uh I I really kind of got into it, uh, you know. In a way, I mean, my my uh, thought process was, uh, uh, you know, I get to hunt, but also, you know, uh, that the livestock industry has really been dependent on mm-hmm. on our outfit, and uh, and and I I found uh, that through my career, you know, that uh, people people really needed me mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I I enjoyed that as much as I did uh, catch, catching lions you yeah. know and, you're providing
0: a service that that's yeah. helping them provide a livelihood for their families
1: yep and lion yeah and lions and coyotes you know they they uh, can make the difference between you know making a living and and mm-hmm. not for these guys and uh, you know and I I originally started out thinking that, uh, dead lions and coyotes were a byproduct of my, my job, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's really not, it's live livestock, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, that's even a better, you know, a better way of, of looking and feeling about it, but, mm-hmm. but I, I still love to hunt, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and I'm a little bit like Wiley, you know, uh, If, uh, it, if it eats meat, you know, it's on my list, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and Steve, Steve wasn't that way, you know, he, he, uh, he, uh, uh, he, 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 he he always, I think, had a sense that, uh, hunting lions and, well, he hunted for bounty, but, you know, and, and, uh, which aided the livestock people, you know, and uh, he he hunted for Bounty till California took it off. And uh, uh, then he worked for the state Mm -hmm. uh, as a lion hunter. They hired, uh, and uh, uh, actually a guy named Jay Bruce was the first California state lion hunter, and and, and he kind of invented the job. And and he wrote a book too, uh, really? Cougar Killers. And I have to look that up. Yeah, and it, it's a fascinating, good, fascinating book too. It's not quite what Steve's is, but you know, a, a lot of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, like like Dale at McCurdy, he 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 wrote that book uh, of uh, Dale Lee's. Okay. Uh Dale narrated this stuff to him and mm-hmm. he wrote it. But but Steve wrote uh his whole book himself. Yep. And well, not himself, his wife uh kinda did okay. some of the editing and mm-hmm. uh and a friend of theirs uh uh did some of the the editing and sentence structure, but uh, you know, all all those things, you know, uh, uh in there. Yeah. You know like that lion in the cave all that, you know. I mean, it happened just mm. that way. <laughs>
0: I it's a, it's a great book. I, yeah. thoroughly, I I would say it's probably one of my favorite hound related books. Yeah. And uh you know, if, I don't even know if there's still copies available, but if W had some if they still have them. Uh, it's a, you know, I think they want like 50 bucks for the book. It it's worth it.
1: Yeah. And in uh, my copy you know, he he hand signed it to mm-hmm. me. You know, and uh, it's a treasure.
0: Oh yeah, uh, can't beat that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, I. Do you
0: have a signed copy of Wiley's book too.
1: You know what? Yeah, I, I awesome. do. But you know, on top of everything else, uh, is it a, a hard book to sit down and read? You know, because uh, he he. You know, he got—he he just lived, uh, lion hunting and trapping. He—he yeah. he just uh, instead of uh, you know, I mean, kind of, kind of like me. I, I got into it uh, uh, because, I, you know, I like, I like dogs. I like hunting, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it's a, thr- a thrill. Yeah. You know, and uh, but, but he—he he just lived it. You know uh, his his whole life, and he 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 was a man uh, most inquisitive man you could ever meet. And uh, you know, uh, trying to pick his brain uh, about lion hunting, you know, and I'd go to go to his camp. His camp was just north of me, and uh, and uh, at from from that Bastion Creek headquarters. And, uh, you know, he, he, he couldn't get enough, uh, couldn't get a question ahead of him. <laughs> you know, he'd say, well, what do you think, you know? or He'd, he'd try he'd, to
0: answer your questions with questions? Yeah.
1: And, uh, and like I say, he was, uh, uh, well, he was really a great guy. But, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Dale Lee in his book. Uh, you know, Wiley uh, went to Mexico with Dale and, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of sub-guide, you know, okay. uh, and uh, the, the same way. And uh, he, he, uh, he caught wolves there just because mm-hmm. he could, you know. <laughs> I mean, they, they were uh, hunting jaguar. Yep. Uh, and, and lions, but uh, well, in that part of Mexico originally, that's what deal went down there was for uh, lion hunting. Okay. And uh, uh, then then he got to know the country a little bit, and then then they went to uh, Nayarit, Mexico, and, mm-hmm. and hunted jaguar and and some uh, of
0: those jaguar stories are pretty crazy.
1: Oh man, yeah. And, and, they, you know, guys still are, uh, Rocky McBride, you know, Roy McBride, he, he had a similar, uh, kind of career as Wiley. And, uh, uh, he, he actually was, a uh, you know, college educated wildlife biologist oh, who wow. worked for the outfit, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, he, he, uh hunted there in texas in in uh, alpine county where there wasn't a lot of lions and anyway he tra- he went to mexico uh, those ranches hired him uh to hunt lions and mm-hmm. and trap wolves and okay. pr- protect their livestock and uh and uh he's he he was a, a, a really intelligent guy too and and uh uh he he didn't write a book but uh uh hummingbird yeah i'm
0: just thinking that odd sound i'm like looking around like Uh,
1: (laughs) and anyway he he uh still does but uh, he went to florida on uh, the eastern panther project Mm -hmm. and uh He's been working on that for years, but anyway, he was he was in Mexico doing that, uh, and like I say, tra- he trap wolves too. And uh, in fact, he he had the the last of the red wolf uh, uh, captive red wolves. Mm-hmm. They you know they were gonna uh, at some point there to do some because uh the red wolf population that got so low in in Mm -hmm. texas that uh uh the the coyotes were breeding them out so uh he he they he he had this uh captive wolf wolf thing but they never got to reintroduce them because coyotes got so thick that yeah uh, the reason they put them in uh, you know had the, the a bunch of them was to raise enough they could reintroduce them into the wild but Mm -hmm. uh they never got the coyote population low enough that the same thing wouldn't happen to them gotcha and and far as i know they're read out of Mm -hmm. uh, existence any anyway that's the sideline but (laughs) but he he anyway he worked on the florida panther deal and, Mm -hmm. and his son rocky who uh uh he's in south america and oh, wow. uh uh not you trying to think uh what country he's in yeah that's a shame but it's not a big deal. Uh, he anyway uh, he he works on the jaguar study there yes. you know the uh they they made uh, the you know this environmental movement made uh, uh, actually the bobcat the only spotted cat in the world that can really be hunted. You know, okay. and, and uh, or imported trophies imported mm-hmm. back in and all that stuff, and and so these South American countries, uh, you know, shut shut. Uh, in, it wasn't a commercial value anymore so yep. anyway now they just poison them and, and, it's and, a shame yeah and uh, y- even in africa the same way you mm-hmm. know they they can't raise livestock yeah a- around these predators so they just get rid of them and in there they they can't control their you know
0: mm-hmm. um, no, we were talking like you know it's crazy how much money and time and effort was spent eradicating predators from the United States yeah, to not, to not only have them come back naturally, but then to be reintroducing them or protecting them to where we can't even manage them. Yeah, it, It's just, it's like two very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And I, th- I think the, the true, the, the way it should be is probably somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Management as long as you can manage it, but they, they want to put them out there and, and, uh, uh you know eventually uh you know it's th- th- their their concept is that you know you got these predators that that are managed in uh the their prey species uh uh you know like i mm-hmm. say rodents or whatever it is and uh uh you know like with with coyotes they they do eat a lot of rodents but they they're controlled, really. The the pup survival's dependent on rodents, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, uh, well and and rabbits. But Meadowville, they can have a million descendants in a year, and and wow. their their populations cro- control mo- more by their food supply and mm-hmm. social tolerances, just as the coyotes are. The coyotes don't manage those species uh Mm -hmm. uh, the the ones they take are kind of compensatory losses that would die of some something anyway you know uh starvation eventually if not Mm -hmm. so anyway and and they think uh nature is uh, a series of uh, you know is somebody like mother nature is a god that that keeps all this thing at a level <laughs> and it it's just a series of accidents you know mm-hmm. uh,
0: uh well and without us managing anything it's it's a very serious it's a pendulum with major swings one way to the major swings the other yeah. and,
1: and a lot more die from this swing you know because mm-hmm. they they damage their habitat and yep. uh uh so you know an intelligent person uh can manage it uh mm-hmm. somewhat uh with with coyotes or or really wolves and stuff we, we just don't have the tools to ma- to manage them anymore they mm-hmm. they can outproduce. produce uh, uh uh you, you know we don't have any tools anymore without toxicants mm-hmm. to to uh, uh keep their population so uh, you know, it, 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 it's just like uh, the coyotes don't control the mouse population, and uh, uh, you know that those species really only allow so many coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, because they're they're living on them, but they they switch. You know, uh, in the in the sp- spring, like uh, from rabbits, which s- sustain them, but uh in in uh, uh uh in the spring when the deer fawns are mm-hmm. anyway they uh they switch to deer fawns oh yeah and uh and uh, they in the normal time they take 60 percent of the fawn crop mm-hmm. you know and uh uh anyway but but the deer can out produce them except uh you know uh, all these fires Oh yeah. yeah. burn off the Winter range or or you know a, a grasshopper uh explosion will e- mm-hmm. eat, eat the bitter brush and and uh, so you have a big die off and what predators do is hold those populations down. Mm-hmm. They don't they, they don't drop them. Uh you know, it takes an accident in some form like like I say a grasshopper infestation or fire and anyway uh or they just eat their feed down to where it takes years for it to recover and during that time's when they have a big die off and you know if you can manage the coyotes uh at at a particular time in the spring so they can get enough fawns Mm -hmm. in the population that pretty quick they're back to normal
0: okay and uh, well, i would imagine you're pretty good at managing coyotes in the spring you, you made yeah, a living doing it
1: yeah yeah and with these dogs i i like you know decoying coyotes mm-hmm. is, it it's a fun project you know compared to trapping them you know and it's hard to do that on these range bands of sheep and and uh that's really uh, a a good tool uh because when you go to a band of sheep and uh or you know in and, and uh, the herder tells you that coyotes are killing it's always a dominant pair of coyotes okay. uh that are uh doing the killing you mm-hmm. know uh, every coyote that's exposed to sheep especially for very long or goats will kill them but but uh really the damage comes from uh these dominant pairs feeding their young mm-hmm. and uh you know and you howl and and they're territorial uh, especially at that time and anyway uh, you, you take a dog and you go out there and y- you howl and uh if they, they have a challenge bark back you know and uh, if they challenge bark you uh and uh you know your dogs go to them and they fight the dog back and you mm-hmm. you shoot it uh that's the end of your problem you can go to to the next band of sheep yeah. and uh whereas if you have traps out and, and you're catching them uh they're the hardest ones to trap and mm-hmm. and uh you you it, they're harder to catch the right individual but yeah but uh uh when, when you do that anyway you, you solved your problem. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's a lot of fun too. <laughs> and anyway it's been a real boom. I, I these dogs between uh lions and, and decoying coyotes mm-hmm. have saved thousands of dollars worth oh, of I'm livestock. Sure. And
0: uh, What do you prefer, coyote hunting or lion hunting?
1: Oh well, you know, uh <laughs> dry ground Lion Hunt's my real passion but Figured. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, that's what i want to do you know for the rest of my life however, however long that is but how old are you i'm 73
0: 73 and you're still yeah. at it yeah and i'm i'm sitting here looking at you and i can tell you right now you would outwalk me any day of the week
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you are in phenomenal shape <laughs> and not to mention you've told me some other some other accolades you have in the wrestling world <laughs> We've got a world champion wrestler over here
1: yeah well, yeah. Anyway, I just—you
0: <laughs> just gonna are gloss over that? And not even gonna mention it. <laughs> well, How many world champions have you won?
1: Well, just, just, well, just two—one in freestyle, and one Greco. Okay, know, but uh,
0: just two. You know, because <laughs> winning a world championship is is what everyone does. So, just two. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I've been kind of blessed that way too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's my other passion. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, and i i you know I'm coaching and uh, i I do that as a i mean uh, wrestling as a sideline but mm-hmm. uh, you know in in the same regard i I just love having an impact on uh on kids' lives you yep. know and uh uh, uh kind of the same way as uh, you know protecting a guy's livelihood or being needed mm-hmm. you know and uh so that's why I coach, and uh, yeah. you know, and it's even more important now that kids, you know, some of the dis- dysfunctional families, and uh, yeah, and they, you know, it's hard for them to learn their work ethic anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these video games uh, occupy their, too much of their mind and their mm-hmm. energy. So, and anyway,
0: uh, well, you know, you mentioned dysfunctional families, and also tying us back into the lining mean, it seems like a lot of like the the famous guys either didn't have families or, or didn't have a great family life. Yeah. Because they just hunted all the time. Yeah. And it, you seem to manage to do both.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and and, and that's that's really uh, I I know because there isn't a lot of emphasis on that, but uh, Steve, uh, you know, he he had a long happy marriage you know mm-hmm. and uh uh and and so did wiley mm-hmm. and uh, they their wives just got used to them being that way you know and mm-hmm. and uh, steve's the children you know like i say that that's part of it they you know that's part of it. today's problem there's not enough fathers in mm-hmm. the home
2: you know? yeah
1: you know i was able to take my kids with me a lot and uh and uh you know, they, and most of them wrestled too, so mm-hmm. they stayed out of trouble, <laughs> uh, trouble when I wasn't, you know, there all the time either, but, uh, you know, like Jack Butler, we were talking about him, and uh, he, he, uh, his wife stayed and cooked, you know, he was a guide, and, okay. uh, and uh, Steve said he caught a thousand lions for clients, you Wow, and it's uh, a lot of lines. Yeah, he he took uh, you know a lot of Hollywood guys and uh, <laughs> uh, and women, you know. Uh, uh, and his his wife uh, uh, stayed in camp with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, but be honest, I don't know if he had any kids. Gotcha. Uh, Vera, <coughs> uh, not Vera, but uh, Alta was Wiley's wife uh he took her one time when they uh went to he he went stayed with him for periods of time and hunted with him and learned all the stuff you know anything he could from from uh, jack butler and uh uh and anyhow uh he he uh one time passing through he took uh Alta with him and they stopped. Her she was telling me the story or actually she was telling my wife, but she said, "Yeah, she was drunk when we got there and stayed drunk the whole time <laughs> we were there." Uh but anyway, that's just w- one of those things, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm proud of my family and uh yep. you know, I I I look back at times and uh uh I think I even mentioned it in the in the that uh warriors of elgato that mm-hmm. i wished I'd. that's the only thing i might ever regretted over the years i didn't spend as much time with my kids as okay I, uh, but i had good kids so yeah so definitely. They, they turned out good and uh mm-hmm. and and my brother too his son mm-hmm. garrett you know that guy is a hunting fool yeah <laughs> 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 uh, he's he, he, he's guided uh, mostly. He worked for the outfit a little bit, but, uh, you know. Let's talk
0: a little bit about the outfit. Yeah. So, the outfit, what, what is the outfit?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, they've changed their name in, in uh, the organizations. You know, it started out as a biological survey. And, okay. And they, they hired, uh, uh, and, and it went back to wolves uh, uh, initially, who. Uh, especially when states got down to uh, a, a few, a low population, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, people moved to the west, and uh, and that started the war uh, on wildlife, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, Steve kind of did, and uh, uh, they just couldn't raise livestock with. Uh, uh, especially wolves because yep. uh, you know lions just don't require the, the protein that a canine or cats don't that a canine does and uh, especially a, a, a litter of six or seven mm-hmm. uh, uh, young
0: and also just a whole pack of wolves versus uh, a single cat
1: and especially you know they, they say man's the only animal that hunts for sport Mm-hmm. And, and that absolutely isn't true. You you uh, drag a string uh, in front of a, a cat that's fully fed, and he'll chase it down and catch yep. it. And and a dog chasing a car, you know, he can't kill or eat it. And and uh, uh, hunger might make them uh, stimulate them to hunt. All mm-hmm. right, but especially sheep because they're easy for them to catch. You yep. know, lions kill 25, 30 a night yeah. and they may not even eat any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they might eat one but a lot of times they have a deer kill there and they move the sheep in and, and mm-hmm. uh, sheep runs from them. Uh, yep. that, that's what stimulates them to kill. And, yep. and they'll do that when they're full. But, uh, gosh, I almost got off the whole subject. But <laughs> When they got down to these uh, few wolves, you know they they'd poisoned them, and everybody saw one shot, you know, on on site. And and they got down to these few wolves, and uh, you know, Stanley Young wrote a book, *Last of the Loners*. Okay. And uh, puma, Puma, mysterious American cat, you know, and uh, and he was a biologist too, and. And uh, he, he had a lot of really in- good information, but he was a supervisor in Colorado when they got down to all these these wolves like, uh, uh, you know, Bigfoot, Lefty, uh, Three Toes, uh, all these famous wolves. Well, they, they survived because they were primarily lone wolves. And, okay. And uh, anyway, they were... Oh, you know really tough to trap mm-hmm. and uh the bounties you know well it never worked for for population control you know okay. uh, it it's like everything it become from uh uh killing everyone you could get to where you 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 wouldn't hunt in the spring because you wouldn't want to You'd want to wait till the pups grew up so you could Mm -hmm. get more, and uh, you know, just like farming, it was really to get more wolves around so you could catch more. (laughs) But but anyway, uh, they they went hiring one guy to go after these wolves primarily, and uh, uh, you know, you couldn't make a living bountying anymore, so they paid the guy to go out and. and hunt these wolves and that and and the program grew up out of that, you know. Gotcha. And and they decided too that uh you know, you you just like that, like fur trapping whatever wouldn't take the place of of uh going in and, and taking out the damaging individuals, you mm-hmm. know. Uh fur trapping was the same way. Uh, you know that that object was to have more mm-hmm. you know not not to drop the population and and when you go in and, and trap and lower it uh, to where they were hard to get you'd move to another area so mm-hmm. so anyway they you know and, and plus they could control this guy and how he operated yeah. and and uh, uh, instead of the the livestock producers you know, uh, uh, you know, they they'd kill every single one yep. constantly instead of removing the damaging individual, and so that that's how our agency grew out of it. And we okay. were under the Fish and Wildlife Service uh, from the Biological Survey in Agriculture to to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and and that's where they were at when I went to work for them, and uh, we were there, uh, you know, ten or I was there ten or fifteen years, and we. Switched to the Department of Agriculture, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and we we've we've always uh, up till that time when we were at the Fish and Wildlife, we were, we were called uh, Animal Damage Control, and, okay. and then we switched to uh, Wildlife Services, which mm-hmm. is what it still is. But uh, anyhow, that's that's when you know the. The period, you know, from uh, the late forties to to the seventies is one uh, mm-hmm. uh, most uh, you know the, the the famous lion hunters and yep. and noted ones well, and the unnoted ones mm-hmm. really Oh, I'm sure there ran, was a lot of unnoted uh, ones. Yeah, uh, but th- that was the heyday, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, of the government hunter. Yep, you know.
0: And the funny thing is, is it, it's actually still a position that exists. I've got a friend that in West Virginia that he does it. Yeah. Now, I mean, he he doesn't have some, he's not a famous lion hunter <laughs> out West, but he's trapping beavers that dam up culverts, yeah. you know, under roads and yeah. uh, does a lot of um, damage control on, uh, for an airport. Yeah. Shoots a lot of birds and stuff yeah. off of the runways and stuff yeah. like that. So,
1: Yeah yeah and uh yeah our agency does kind of all of that, especially mm-hmm. here, you know, in bird work uh you know uh, in 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 the west, you know they like everything, they used to control uh uh ravens mm-hmm. and uh crows and uh you know they in seventy two they they protected everything and okay uh, and raven populations exploded, you know, because they benefit from man's activities mm-hmm. and uh, as, as do coyotes. And that's why their populations, instead of this this balanced thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they they can eat their cells out of a deer and switch to something else. Or ravens, uh, yeah. uh, you know, they're nest predators and uh Sage grouse and uh, you know they're ground nesters and and uh, you know they uh, anyway ravens prey on them and, and there's a big program uh, to uh, raven abatement but okay. but for years they did nothing but just mm-hmm. let them multiply and yep. uh, and <laughs> made you know chuckers and and uh, sage grouse in our area sharp tails and and I've worked on a few of those projects, uh, sandhill cranes, mm-hmm. of, of, of all things, you know, uh, anyway, protecting all those from ravens. Okay. And,
0: uh. Interesting. Yeah. Never even knew that was a major issue. Yeah.
1: And they kill livestock. They kill calves and lambs, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, uh, they're, they're pretty predatory bird. And, uh. Uh, so, in, anyway, that that's kind of one of the things. And beaver, uh, <coughs> they're, uh, they're <coughs> like in Nevada and a lot of states, uh, well, we do beaver work everywhere. Urban skunk work yeah. uh, or, or urban wildlife damage, skunks and coons. Mm-hmm. Coons are pretty destructive around, oh, yeah. you know, they'll tear into a, attic you mm-hmm. know and uh, move in but yep. but uh anyway uh, you know we do some disease monitoring mm-hmm. and as part of our our program it's not necessarily all just killing livestock but uh, anyway we have uh i worked on several endangered species the sandhill crane mm-hmm. and uh uh in sharp-tailed grouse uh and anyway uh ravens and coyotes you know doing uh that work to give them a boost yeah you've done all yeah. kinds of things yeah yeah pronghorn antelope i, I worked on a study there you okay. know and uh, yeah coyotes are murder on those little mm-hmm. guys and uh uh you know the difference p- between deer and coyotes is uh Uh, antelope are Mm long-lived and uh, once they get to be uh, a month or so old uh, then they're then then they're pretty uh, safe from coyotes okay but but, uh, unlike deer they're uh, when they're little they're they're more nervous and uh, uh, they'll uh let a coyote get really close and then they'll jump up and run gotcha where deer sometimes will let the coyote meander around them and they'll just sit there mm-hmm. but uh they kill deer pretty much year-round yeah and the fawns you know till they're adults and then they kill a lot of adults into too uh but anyway uh
0: well like you said you're well, you've done a, a lot of different things in your work. Your favorite thing's been the dry ground line I mean, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you've got some good stories on that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I do. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm nowhere near a Steve or a Wiley uh, <laughs> and or Butler and all those guys, but I, I'm kind of the di- dying and breed of the. Mm-hmm. you know any more states you know are banning it and and those guys have to they have an even harder job uh with with that you know a lot of them have to have a kill verified by a game warden, and you know in nevada you can still you know uh you go around these range bands of sheep mm-hmm. you know and and uh uh, uh the those herders uh they see a camp tender once a week to get provisions mm-hmm. but uh you know that's the only human they see and and uh, lions can be killing on them for a, a week yeah uh, you know kill kill a 100 sheep in that period of time in between you know and uh, and but but i you know i go around and check with them mm-hmm. in, uh, on in these mountain ranges i and uh, so we, we kind of cut that time in half uh, you know they're they're on the schedule okay. uh, every 6 days so I, I i see them every third day gotcha and uh, but uh, any anyway, these guys have to get a game warden to hunt them down mm-hmm. and verify the kills, and then decide whether they they can remove a lion. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, they might want to wait and see if they kill any more before they allow them to remove them. And, and it's a it's a lot harder for them, and it's uh, way harder on the producer.
0: Not, <laughs> uh, not like it used to be, huh?
1: And that, uh, in a lot of ways, causes the producer to take matters into his own hands, mm-hmm. and and that's another reason our agency even kind of came into existence. Is, you know, you could control your your employees and oh, yeah. uh, and uh, give them a, a fl- the right kind of a philosophy about it, and uh, where uh, ranchers, you know, uh, you know, strychnine. Uh, Will kill anything that mm-hmm. eats it, you know. And uh, they, they would wholesale put it out, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, kill bird, you know, birds of prey or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in, anything that eats meat, it it would kill. And uh, uh, we had a toxicant, uh, toxicant ten eighty, uh, it was called, uh, and uh, you could. Uh, mix it in a dose that was lethal to coyotes, you know, or mm-hmm. lethal to canines, I should say, a small amount. But those baits they put out, badgers would live under them, you know. Uh, you could, a badger couldn't eat enough of them, nor could an eagle, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, anything, they were death on dogs. and mm-hmm. That was a big problem. Guys like Wiley, you know, uh, There was a a, a guy that coyote trappers uh, intermixed. And in those, you know, before the 70s, uh, uh, they were in in population control as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, trying to get the harmful individual because, in a way, they were all harmful. And uh, they'd put out bait stations and and these 1080 stations and... uh, they they couldn't control the population in near the livestock at that time. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, Wiley got uh, uh, poisoned out of you know whole full packs of dogs Jeez. on a couple of different occasions. Yeah, had to start all over again. That's hard. Yeah, uh, and uh, so anyway, we we prevent. The livestock guys from doing mm-hmm. their own work yeah. and uh uh using like I say different toxicants uh, mm-hmm. that that aren't selective, yeah, and uh, uh we even have one for queervit, you know, and pretty much anything with black feathers so okay uh and egg baits, and it's selective you know for them if you mix it right okay. Which, uh, interesting. Yeah. So, in, anyway, uh, I kind of lost my, oh, well, with the outfit, those, those kinds of, you, you know, those, uh, people, Charlie tents and Steve Mathis's, and oh. Jay Bruce, I don't know if I, he 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 wrote a book as Tonya Cougar Killers, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the first California state lion hunter. He mm-hmm. kind of invented the job there. Yeah, and uh, uh, at one time he, of course, he was the only one at that time. But uh, he was the first, and Steve was the last one hired. Okay, and uh, Steve. Uh, he he kind of idolized him. He went, he went. He I got some pictures of him and and uh, Jay in his in his later years. And uh, he uh, anyway, him and Vera went took pictures with him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Got gun that that Jay he had some experiences that are related in his book. But he 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 uh, lost an eye when oh, he was young. And uh, he he hunted alone all the uh, ninety nine percent of the time mm-hmm. and he hunted on foot. And there's a video of him in in a lion hunt uh from a silent movie cam or a movie mm-hmm. camera with no sound but yeah. But that guy's running everywhere and uh <clears throat> crossing rivers, you know Jeez. holding his gun well he he carried a a nine millimeter luger mm-hmm. <laughs> but but anyway uh uh you know steep country in the sierras and uh anyway uh that guy was was tough too mm-hmm. and uh I- anyhow uh they had some good lion hunters and most of them did hunt on foot uh as opposed to the Utah guys, but. Uh,
0: Wonder why that is. Well,
1: you know, I don't know. Steve Hunt probably hunted horseback more than any of them did. Okay. You know, because uh, he was raised in Utah, and mm-hmm. and uh, well, actually, most of his time was was in San Bernardino, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Carl Hurd, who worked for the outfit, who. Did uh, a lot of coyote trapping, but he he caught he had dogs and he caught uh, some lions. But mm-hmm. they didn't have. I know there was a lot of lions there, but he wrote a book too. And and uh, they're they're not a there's not a lot of uh, you know mention in there of of dogs and lion hunting. But he has okay. some pictures of them and in uh, uh, and, uh, Uh, Steve kind of got exposed to him, but he also, there was a guy in town that come from New Mexico that had a female hound and a a pup of hers, and uh, those were the first hounds, real hounds that Steve, any Steve got, uh, that Steve knew of, you know, Mm -hmm. like I say, they moved around to mining towns all over the west, uh, and uh, uh for whatever reason he anyway he went to school there and and that's uh uh where he was diagnosed with a heart condition that he didn't have (laughs) uh, uh, all of that but uh that guy uh had uh, a a red and white female hound that that he got from ben lilly okay and uh And Steve, uh, and and a male pup. And so that guy bred those, uh, the female to her male son. Okay. And uh, uh, that, uh, you know, and and Steve got his first hound from him. And uh, then people, you know, told him, well, you know, they're inbred. They'll be nut, (laughs) you know, uh, you know. Probably blind and yeah. and all this kind of stuff, you know. And and Steve went to him and he, you know, the guy said, "No, no, you know that uh, that kind of stuff only comes from multiple, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it only comes that those dogs have that weakness in them anyway." Mm-hmm. And and so he was one of the first guys that I know that line bred dogs. You know, okay. he uh, pretty much line bred. Uh, uh, from uh, the original dog on, uh, mm-hmm. and and he relates in his book about the distemper and getting the the other dog crossed into it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then, then uh, you know, he line bred his dogs from then on, and and uh, and that's why they were the same color. You know, yep. and uh, he you know he told me originally that he didn't. He didn't breed for that color, or any color, because he thought that was the, the way all these lines of coon dogs were ruined. Okay. He's breeding them, by color black and tan, and mm-hmm. registering them that way, and yeah. on, only being able to register the them, and only being able to breed a dog of the same color, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, he, it, th- that color and the qualities that he wanted in the dog were locked together by gotcha. line breeding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and oddly enough, he had the most pure looking <laughs> you know, hounds that... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I got dogs from him, and, and they were kind of... Uh, tended to be more that way. Gotcha. And, uh, and like... <coughs> Like curves, he he could use them for decoy dogs, you know. Okay. In his in his later years, uh, uh, when he went back to work for the outfit mm-hmm. and, uh, as a supervisor, and uh, uh, anyway, he he uh, had a real affinity for his dogs, and yeah. you know, and a lot of a lot of those guys, uh, if. It was a tool with them, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to, you know, they had to have a knack for knowing the dog and knowing the traits they wanted and things like that. But, but with these curs, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of people tried crossing hounds and shepherds mm-hmm. in the hope of getting a smart hound, yeah, or a handable hound, and and things like that for like decoy work. Shepherds really learn it quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, they learn also that if they go out there to that bark and coyote, he'll chew on them all the way back, and yeah. and you're where the action is. You shoot it, mm-hmm. and uh, so they quit going out. And they don't have uh, that
0: stubbornness and yeah, gaminess of a, yeah. <laughs> of a hound.
1: So you know, and these dogs do, and they figure out uh, that's what happens, and I'll I'll keep doing it. But in anyway. Uh, uh, you know, you could just handle them better around livestock, and mm-hmm. and plus, you know, you, these dogs, uh, you can raise them in the house, and yeah. and uh, you know, they'll play with your kids, and mm-hmm. and uh, all of that. And anyway, you can you can really, uh, y- you know, a lot of people hound guys think you you can't be a they can't have a hound for a pet because they won't want to hunt they want to be with you but Mm -hmm. but these dogs got to prey drive out of this world yeah and uh but uh, hounds hounds do too that that's Mm -hmm. just not that's not true about hounds either you know and steve steve he he never had very many dogs like most these guys and uh uh, i would have thought
0: he had a lot just yeah. Typically, guys that kind of form up their own line of dogs or their own breed of dogs, like, yeah. typically just have a end up having a lot of dogs.
1: Yeah. No, he he usually had three or four. Okay. You know, uh, jaguars wiped him out of. You know, he had more jaguar hunt, uh, hunting than that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how did you meet Steve?
1: You know, uh, uh, he. He, uh, when <coughs> he quit jaguar hunting, he, he he never liked it down there, the humidity and and uh, and all of that, and and uh, eventually uh, he he had some years in with the outfit, so mm-hmm. uh, uh, they hired him back as a supervisor mm-hmm. in California, and and that's kind of where I. I, I met him one, I, when I, uh, worked for Ray Rawls and, and, uh, uh sub for him, uh, Steve got a hold of me about doing, uh, <coughs> going to work in California lion okay. and hunting and, uh, <coughs> doing that depredation work like, like they were doing it and, and, uh, for the state, and, and uh, so he uh, <clears throat> recommended me for the job. Well, he called me if I wanted it. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, I, I went over there, and, and uh, uh, they put me to work trapping coyotes until uh, uh, they got this project going and and uh the legislature blocked it so they never had this uh lion hunter position come up at, gotcha. at that time and later on they did but mm-hmm. but anyway he uh uh you know that's uh kind of how i met him okay I, uh i i actually uh uh went down there one time uh, Over to the coast where he was at. Anyway, I I, I met him kind of there, but but anyway, it was Mm -hmm. when he uh, uh, was still working for the outfit, and uh, horse kicked him loading a bear, and and uh, busted his from split it lengthways, his femur from his knee to his hip. Holy
0: smokes!
1: (laughs) Yeah and uh he n- and that and that's when he retired was after that because uh he he could no longer raise his leg mm-hmm. at th- this as enough and uh you know he he kind of was uh well the outfit had changed so much oh, in yeah. those years and and uh i in an- anyway he he uh he did. He did get his full retirement out mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, and good.
0: Well, like I said, with a, a life of you working for the outfit, I'm sure you got some good stories for us.
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I don't know anybody that you know had. Quite as many close encounters with lions as uh, uh, as I have. In a way, if they did, what They never really told me about it. Well, let's it, hear then. them. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you know, like like Steve's story about the the lion in the cave. Mm-hmm. You know, I in in uh, in my area, uh, the western half is uh, there's very few. Trees of any kind, you know, and, okay. uh, 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 and it's all ledges and and uh, and, and, uh, and on the uh, east side. I think I said that wrong, but but anyway, the west side doesn't have many trees and lots of ledges, and and the east side it it has a few more trees, but mm-hmm. over there, you, you know, uh, there's you know a lot of caves and, okay and uh, you know a lot of them you just put on the ledges but uh, which which are uh, some sometimes a risk hunting mm-hmm. you know falls are more of a risk uh, than being attacked by a lion as far as that goes but but once you you know they do anything they can to get out of trouble but yeah. uh, once once they're trapped in a cave they they don't like it very much you i'm know? sure and uh uh so anyway i've had a lot of encounters in, in caves and uh the, the one uh, that was the, the closest call maybe uh i i got a call about uh lying, killing calves on a place anyway i went out there and and uh, they trailed it into kind of a big boulder pile and uh, this huge rock it split in half and uh, anyway big boulders but to begin with when I went there uh, there was a, a Mexican family living there and uh, they had a dog pen and uh, they said this lion had been trying to get they had two rottweilers in there It said the lion was trying to get in there Jeez. and anyway i made a circle above and found his track so i could see where he was bleeding a little bit and uh and plus i i could see it was pussy blood Mm -hmm. and and when he got to that cage he did rub up against it and there was blood there what they didn't lick off the dog so I thought that that was strange Mm -hmm. and uh anyway i i found where he went out through the the cows and uh, uh, where he killed this calf and uh, so i i put the dogs on that track and and they went around they they came to this this place i'm talking about there was trees there uh in that part of the, the country but but anyway uh, they couldn't get up uh, hot high enough that the cave dropped down where this rock split anyway <laughs> there was a you know like a male spot spot opening in there and the lion was back under there and uh, you know in a cave about 20 foot around or whatever and and uh, so I I uh, when, when I climbed up there and walked up there, the lion came out to the entrance and mm-hmm. growled at me, which is unusual. In fact, usually when they are in caves, they're clear back in the back, far, yeah. far away from the entrance. So, uh, anyway, uh, and, and I got down in there, and uh, I, I couldn't see anything, and uh, uh, I didn't have a flashlight. I usually carried one, but... Mm-hmm. The battery was dead <laughs> so anyway and b- before I'd shot one in the cave using a match you know and when I shot my pistol off the match blew out and uh, so I, I didn't want to do that and uh, especially with this line so I went back to the ranch and got a flashlight and uh, there was two young Mexican boys there, and they wanted to go back with me. So I took them back and with me and, and uh, with the flashlight. And uh, when we got up there, that lion growled again. And one of them said, well, I've seen all I want to <laughs> see. And But the other one, he said, I'll go with you. And so we climbed down and, and then in, and I, I <coughs> looked around in there with the flashlight, and I couldn't see it but i couldn't see right behind me right either side very close and i thought well man he might be sitting right there so anyway i i uh, took the flashlight and and i told this kid you know if I, if i ho- holler at you and he he only spoke spanish anyway and, but i speak spanish so anyway i said pull me out and uh uh, Cause I had a shinny in there, yeah. and uh, with the gun on my chest, and uh, I and I started in there, and he told me, Pat, he s- says, C- come back, come back." You know, so I came back, and he, when the light got inside, he looked, and that lion sitting right over the hole. Oh, geez. And and he could just see his paw right there, like this, looking, uh, sitting right above it and uh he said he said hey that lion's right here you know and and there was nothing i could do but go go in and Mm -hmm. i crawled in there on my back you know and uh, when my head cleared that got inside there before my arms could come out that that son of a gun was right above me you know and and he he looked, you know, kind of laid his ears back and and looked like he was setting to jump. And I thought, oh, Jesus. And I kind of froze for a second. <laughs> and uh, uh, then I, you know, and he relaxed a little bit. And I finally got the gun up there and I I shot him. And, you know, I was shooting straight up. And he didn't make a very good shot. It hit him in the face and but you know, but I was shooting between his eyes, but it uh was at a steep angle and that Mm -hmm. damn thing fell right on top of me, cut my face open, and and then went around that cave, you know, just pawing at his head and biting everything in sight, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just lay there what am I gonna do <laughs> and and I I I did I chickened I told that guy to pull me out well he couldn't pull me out I was laying on these rocks and uh, uh, so anyway I I had to shoot upside down and, and uh, that line was just going all over and uh, I shot and missed it and <laughs> shot again and, and killed it but you know it if it hadn't have been addled you know it it was just luckily it of everything it didn't bite in there I was one of them <laughs> and uh, but you know I I just had a you know we're going to checking out kills and stuff mm-hmm. you know I've been on uh, you know uh, I'd, I'd be walking around looking at tracks and going here and there I've walked up on a lot of them you know and a couple of them you know I was going down a ridge one time and Uh, and uh, a lion had a deer kill in there and the dogs had dropped down below this ledge and were were underneath you know uh, but they they really hadn't opened yet Uh, but I knew they they were on a lion I come around this little ledge and there's a freaking lion sitting on that deer kill and uh, he he didn't want to let it go, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he humped up like a big house cat, you know. And I thought, what the hell? And uh, I started, you know. I, I I had I had my pistol that time too, and I. Uh, no, no, I had my rifle, and I carried it kind of like a backpack, you know. So my hands were free, and. Uh, a, a lot of these times, I go, go to these sheep camps, and, uh, you know, I just drive close and walk in, and I don't have my horses. But I always have my dogs. So yeah. I, I've been on foot a lot for that reason. Anyway, uh, this damn lion, you know, he just humped. He wasn't going to let me take it away from him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so I started to ease my gun out and blast him, and uh, uh, th- those dogs... Just open like that and come roaring up there around and and uh, he he waited a little bit before he ran but he wasn't gonna let them have it either so yeah. away away he went and I caught him but I, I just have walked up you know close as you and I to, to lions on kills you know <laughs> that you you just don't see yeah and, uh, but uh, these caves two two things caves are uh kind of one thing and i don't worry too much about them as far as uh, the lion get me but uh caves are kind of what they are but mine shafts they're all dangerous Mm -hmm. you know uh they they cave in on you in a minute Mm -hmm. you know and uh but even caves uh, that one with the match you know i i crawled in there uh, that that was a strange hunt. I I trailed that lion across the a crested wheat seeding for miles to a big rock pile that had uh, bighorn sheep on it. Okay, they'd come from one mountain range and were on here, you know, about fifteen. And uh, you know, I they they were trailing. I was coming along a ledge above them, cold, and they were cold trailing and. All of a sudden, they all stopped and started winding, and there's a little patch of sagebrush, you know, like ten foot around, and uh, that lion jumped right out of it, right in front of them, you Jeez. know, and uh, he ran up a kind of a little ridge and and uh, stopped there for a minute, and uh, and I ha- I had my rifle, you know, and when you're after depredating lions you you kill them any chance you get Mm -hmm. you know and and so uh i was gonna shoot him but uh before i could get off a shot he went down the other side and uh, because they were right on his heels so i went over there and i got him. and i couldn't hear and you know i could see a long ways this was open country and I took another step, and they were down underneath in the cave. And, and so I got them out and went in there with, uh, with a wooden match. I struck it, and, and there was a big uh, size of a refrigerator laying there, rocked that had fell off the roof and landed in there. And he was behind that in this cave. And uh, I thought, man, I wonder what falls out of here when I shoot. know Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, so anyway I held my match and shot him and and uh, it went completely dark but nothing fell on me but in anyway and and I got the line and got out of there and all of that but there was a it's just a lot of mine shafts all over there and and they're dangerous you don't want to go in them for any reason and uh they have some vertical ones that are straight down mm-hmm. and uh hundreds of feet even and uh, i uh, i caught a lion one time and there there, uh, there was a set of boulders on one side and uh, uh, i only had one dog get through them and and he dropped down in the shaft and and uh you know they they, they're in the process of filling themselves up, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, but this was a hundred feet and and there's a rim kind of around it where uh, Dust over the years and a hundred years have blown in there and they're building up a, a little shelf around it mm-hmm. anyway, this uh, this part of it uh, was it had caved off and, and then there was a rock ledge going down and uh uh i i couldn't see the lion they were back in there and uh, i only had one dog back in there too being it the rest of them were just outside so i was going to slide down there real easy and try and keep away from that edge and and uh, get around to to the lion and uh, it was really steep and there wasn't any snow on the ground but it's some point in time, it had snow had blown in there, and uh, the upper part was dry, but down below there, it, it the snow had melted and froze right there, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was shinnying down real easy and hit that ice and yeah. uh, fell like a streamlined anvil, right on the edge of that ledge, you know. Oof. And uh, you know, I thought, "Frick, you know," and I was by myself. Nobody <laughs> knew where I was at, you know. And uh, it just it did it didn't cave underneath me, and mm-hmm. I got around there and frick, man, I, I that I had Stryker was the only dog in there at that time. And uh, anyway, he was here, and that bastard was a monster, <laughs> hey. you know. And uh, anyway, I got in there and shot him. But then, I thought, oh. Uh, we'll never get out of here yeah uh, you know i i thought i could climb out on you know but it was all ice but uh but uh we went back and uh, he he hit a little crack in the rocks where uh, anyway he could get a foothold yeah. so so i pushed him ahead of me and i could crawl uh, kind of follow the same place and give him a push and and Follow and we got out of there but i thought we were going to be entombed with that yeah lion anyhow just a lot of a lot of stuff like that i i caught one on the uh in a you know there's a lot of underhangs uh, below those ledges okay. you know and mm-hmm. and they're just little coves, you know and some of them are just six foot indentations and there's always a flat part on those uh, rock ledges but uh, i mean where the ledge ends and the dirt begins and slopes mm-hmm. down there's always uh, uh, a level place around these ledges and and uh, I uh, caught a lion actually it was a, a male and a female that she was in heat and okay. and uh uh they the dogs caught caught her in in a she was in a quakey a quake aspen uh out front you know not uh anyway uh 50 yards from this ledge <coughs> that went up and had a big huge underhang on it you know and uh, like a big amphitheater and uh, they uh, two or three of them were treed on her and two or three of them were treed underneath this on this where this ledge was or <coughs> bait on this ledge so anyway i crawled up there and and it was big enough you know you could have drove a car pickup or okay. in there and you know goes back but dwindles down to nothing mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, there but there was a lot of light being in there it, you know it wasn't a, a true cave but uh you could see kind of towards the back and like i say lions usually go as far back so i i went down this kind of narrow path and there was uh, on the sides, there's you know a bit of ledges, uh, twenty foot high, and and then the the dome of this ceiling thing, amphitheater looking thing. Anyway, I went back there. He wasn't back there, so I I came back down, <coughs> walking back down, and and uh, you know I was looking both sides, and I looked towards the front, and I see dust shining in the sunlight coming down off the side of that ledge and and I stepped up a little bit this way and and I see that damn lion was scooting right towards the edge like, like that right in, right by the entrance and I thought damn, you know and they usually don't you know ambush deer or anything jumping off of ledges like they show in the movies mm-hmm. but but anyway he had something in mind you know and i i was able to get across from him on this other ledge on that side right straight <laughs> across you know and he he was sitting there you know just looking at me and uh, i thought god dang i don't know what you got in mind but <laughs> I shot that damn thing, and his head just fell like that. I I wasn't even sure I hit him. They just fell on his paw, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's still looking at me. Never kicked or wiggled. Jeez. Anyhow, uh, but I did that on another underhang. You're talking about that level place, <clears throat> I, uh, uh, I heard her had some lion trouble, and his thing case I didn't have my horses or dogs anyway he he told me where the kills were and they started trailing down a big draw and went way off down there and and uh, I <coughs> I uh, you know was going along and and they were gaining ground on me but they turned and headed back so I cut across and by that time they got to another set of ledges and uh, it started out, of course, of nothing, but got a hundred feet high, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it went along <coughs> up that draw, and and when they started around the top, ledges uh, lions will walk on the edge of uh, uh, those big ledges, uh, you know, four or five inches away from the actual drop off, yeah. and follow you know follow them all the way around i suppose so so they can look off one side but dogs trailing you know they can get reckless you know yep. if they stay too
0: well dogs in general just don't have the same yeah. balance
1: yeah and uh this <clears> that that's what he did but instead of going back over and climbing up on the ledge i walked underneath and uh i uh I had my rifle that time, and uh i I just had a bunch of younger dogs and uh 'cause well, I just did, and uh, I didn't know I was gonna be lion hunting anyway <laughs> so uh i I loaded my gun, which I normally don't do till I get to the tree or the ledge or whatever, but anyway uh and and was carrying it like this, and uh uh going around that and uh, they were up above me and they were getting this track pretty good and uh, and they kind of stopped and were being a, a little ahead of me but anyway around this crack in the rocks and stuff and I walked around the corner and that lion was sitting there <laughs> and I had him blocked you know and he had his ears laid back and his tail was whipping like that and I thought geez man you're mad too and uh, I I thought well, heck step out of his way and then I thought well hell I'll just shoot him uh, you know because I had these young dogs and uh so I got my gun out and I forgot I loaded it and I jacked a, an, a live round out yeah. and put another one in I had a lever action and, and uh, just in a few seconds it took that lion changed his mind and he jumped straight in the air and hit that crack you know because it was 30 40 feet up there and right out into those dogs, you know and uh, it's battled you know I could hear the battle going on and and uh, I I couldn't get around it but uh, before I could do anything they they kind of went along the top and and dove off the other side and and uh, uh, there was a little spring, and that's where they started him with, with a a, a little dead tree. And this was a big old bastard too, and and uh, he was just in that tree. You know, took up the whole tree, sitting up there. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, uh, I I went down there and shot him. But uh, you know, I, with a pair of lions. It, well, another time, uh, I was on the reservation of Owyhee hunting, and, uh, and they don't hunt their lions any, anyway, but that, they, they, this lion was killing. Well, when I got there, it was a pair of lions okay. the same way, and, uh, I, I saw, uh, going out there were lion tracks in the dust on the road, and mm-hmm. I saw there was two of them, and, uh. So uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I just stopped my pickup and uh, I I could see a ledge starting there, you know, going around on the, on the river, on the Waihee River. And uh, uh, so I thought I'd walk over there and see if they went down and followed the river or where they went up on that ledge and went that way. just before I turned the dogs loose. And uh, I went over there and got, when I got close to the ledge, I couldn't see tracks anymore, of course. It was too rocky and shaley down there. So so I went to where it started right up and, and, and under the bank, you know, but there's a grass and muddy area between the water and, and the ledge, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this is start of a, it's a big gorge in the Hawaii Canyon. So anyway, I, I stopped and, and was going to look over and see if there was any tracks uh, here mm-hmm. un, underneath there on, on that dirt and, uh, or mud. And uh, I, I really couldn't see anything, you know, and, and I stopped. And uh, a lion come walking out right underneath me, and but looking across the river, and there was yeah. a patch of willows there. And uh, it, it turned out to be the female. And she walked out until she got about even with me and was looking over there. And, you know, now I realize the sound was Bounce, bounce over their heads, mm-hmm. and and because they were kind of under this ledge, and and bouncing back from across the river. Yeah. And uh, and it was about thirty feet wide there, you know. And uh, uh, so and she's looking over that way, and uh, uh, you know, she, she just stood there but you know how you get the feeling somebody's looking at you Well, she got the feeling yeah and she turned around and looked and 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 i wasn't five or six feet from her you know uh and uh you know the wind wasn't going that way and she turned and looked at me and you know and and uh her her eye i could see her eye just got this big you know yeah. and uh she just wheeled and jumped right out the way across, you know, and, and swam across and got in those willows and, and, uh, you know, I, I could see her looking at me over there and, uh, I always thought, man, that's, that's really something. Yep. And, uh, then the male came, he was a big bastard too. He came just like she did, stopped just where <laughs> she did and he's looking over at her. Yeah. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and,
0: Not even realizing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and he did the same thing. He turns, I think he could see her looking maybe at me above her, but he turns and and looks at me and uh, instead of diving off into the river, that he did the same damn thing, man. He crouched down, laid his ears back, he's got his tail going like this, you know, and I thought, holy mackerel. And, and I, I I didn't have a gun or nothing, you know, <laughs> and I, I'm not too much afraid of them except times like that when they should run and don't. yep, and uh, so anyway, I thought, you know there was a lot of rocks there. I thought, well, I'll at least bounce one off your <laughs> your head, you know and and i I went down and and he started to kind of turn and take a step towards me when I did, but I picked up the rock, and when I stood up again, Whatever reason he changed his mind, he wheeled, jumped clear, almost all the way across the damn river and Jeez. hit the water and ran over there, and uh, and just went went over there and stood with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, but out anyway. Of,
0: out of curiosity, do you know how many lions you've killed?
1: Well, you know, no, I haven't. Understood, I don't. No. But you know, I mean, I remember every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as that goes, but, you know, it, it I mean, guys like Wiley, you know, uh, he, he killed 500 maybe, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, back in the day when he killed them wherever he, and whenever he could, you know, but, yep. but, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, you know, I I had some years where I got twenty a year, mm-hmm. uh, more or less, for ten gotcha. years, and I I'd say all told, two hundred or slightly less, you know. Okay. And com- compared to the, the, the real guys, you know, that you know, four or five hundred was a lot for for a government hunter on, yeah. The, on lions. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, like you said, you did a lot of coyote work too. Yeah. So not, not like you were just solely a, a lion hunter.
1: Yeah, and I I did it when when you, they they were had to be killing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh. So anyway. Just over a long period of time. Yep. But, but you know, I've had a lot of good experiences, especially since I got these curs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they they bond with you, and they're just fun, yep. funded deal with and and easy to well not super easy to deer break like (laughs) some some people claim but they're easy to and and they're really good to handle around livestock which has really been a benefit yeah yeah especially (laughs) for what you do yeah wiley you know steve handled his dogs you know like kind of like i do with with these girls and and Wiley, you know, I mean, uh, he he just uh, couldn't. He he hunted big packs of dogs, as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and a, a lot of southwestern lion hunters did, you know, yep. and uh, and still do. Uh, but you know, he to to like load them up uh, in his, uh, you know. He had a pickup and horse drainer mm-hmm. and a dog box, and he'd go get them and grab two by the collar and take them over and, and put them in, you know, yeah. he, you know, and, and, you know, I can just go open all the pins and uh, uh, let them all out at once yep. and put them all in at once, you know, and uh, uh, but anyway, Wiley, and, and Wiley didn't have a, a big handle on him and and he told me, yeah, you, get, you know, you get a better chance with all these dogs. Uh, you know, sometimes I <laughs> caught two in a day, you know, and uh, two different lines, and, you know, that weren't together in the day. And uh, 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 <laughs> a, f- a friend of his stopped by that wor- worked at a mine up there and uh, coming and going, and, and he we were talking lion hunting, he says, well, Wiley, what's the best day you ever had lion hunting? And, uh, uh, you mean, for numbers? And the guy said, yeah. He said, well, uh, my dogs killed seven of henroid sheep in one day before I could get them stocked. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that you know, I don't know if he's exaggerating or not, but they, they would, you know. they they're kind of the same way, you know. Those damn lambs, especially, you get about half-grown, and they'll be laying up in the shade, and you come around the corner and with your dogs, and uh, damn, them things will jump up and run, and yep. they're a temptation, but... Oh, yeah. These dogs, you know, you, you they learn pretty fast uh, to leave livestock alone. Mm-hmm. We're well, good. Uh, anyway, that, uh, you know, actually has been... A, Part of the benefit, I mm-hmm. I don't get in trouble, yeah, and, and uh, I don't waste time. But mm-hmm. you know, any anyway, you know, I I definitely uh, not any kind of a record holder for no, but uh, still,
0: that's a lot more than what most people could say. I mean,
1: yeah, so and I, like I say, I not only had a lot of fun, I help people
0: exactly so well we've been here for yeah, a little while I, know, so I, I don't want to hold you up too much I yeah. appreciate you taking the time while you're over here visiting your family to take some, some of that time and visiting with me so
1: yeah well it's been fun talking to you I, I kind of intended on spending a little more time with some different lion hunters but uh, <laughs> you know
0: we can always do this again
1: yeah well, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think people are tired of hearing nope, me. Nope,
0: they're definitely not. Don't worry yeah. about that. Uh, <laughs> so.
1: Anyway, uh, it's good, good meeting you. Yep,
0: definitely. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna go load this dog up. I <laughs> <laughs> might have to fight your son for him. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yes, you're welcome.
0: You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talkin Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.